Hey everybody, on today's Locked On Bam, we're going to welcome in our buddy John Garcia to talk about recruiting. One of Alabama's key commits has just released his top five. We're going to talk about that. And as always, we're going to talk about Arch Manning because Arch Manning is the biggest name in recruiting circles right now. So we will certainly bring that up. And Ohio State got a huge commitment from the top prospect in the 2024 class. And how will that affect Alabama? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Bam. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's normally him, but not today. It's John Garcia, a recruiting specialist. John, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. Just just trying to keep up as usual. Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. You know, you're you're in high demand right now. For those who don't know, John um, has allotted time all throughout the week to go on different locked on podcasts. So if we don't talk about somebody that you're interested in today, you can go check out maybe another one of the podcasts that you know that kid is interested in. And he might be brought up on another podcast and Alabama may be mentioned in there. So that's something to think about because uh, we talk about uh, so many different guys, and we can only have John for so long. Uh, John, appreciate your time as always. I think we'll start this off with thanking everybody for making Locked On Bama the first place you listen when it comes to Alabama podcast. But also, we will start with Kelby Collins. Uh, this is one of the top prospects in the state of Alabama. He just, I mean, like literally a couple hours ago, maybe even an hour ago, released his top five. He's got Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Alabama. The couple of things that stand out to me there um, are that there's no Auburn and um, South Carolina making the list. I think uh, South Carolina making the list is a is a big time statement. Yeah, I would have expected the other school from the state of South Carolina to maybe be on there with with the Clemson Tigers. But look, that coaching staff went under major transition under Dabo Sweeney, and that includes multiple assistant coaches, Brent Venables and Todd Bates, both now at Oklahoma. Todd Bates, of course, a great defensive line coach and Birmingham area recruiter. So naturally, Oklahoma is on that list, maybe in place of Clemson. But yeah, I'm I'm with you, Luke. I'm surprised Auburn was not on there. Ole Miss, I thought, was a little bit of a dark horse for him as well. But look, this is a heavyweight battle, right? It's Alabama. It's Georgia at the top of this thing. Florida is trying to get him back on campus. South Carolina recently got him on campus, and we mentioned the coaching ties to the Oklahoma Sooners. So really curious to see where his timeline goes from here. Isolating these top five schools, typically, Luke, means these are going to be the five official visits. So if Kelby starts to schedule those in short order, you wonder how quickly he may be able to come up with a decision. If he does so sooner rather than later, I think it's more of a Bama-Georgia deal, which, you know, we're talking about a top D lineman, so everybody's shocked to hear that. But I think the longer it goes, I think Florida, maybe Oklahoma uh, could become a dark horse in this recruitment because, look, the state of Alabama is loaded up front on the defensive line. Easy to kind of jump into the edge rushers, the pass rushers, Peter Woods, Quay Rousseau, or even a James Smith gets more pub to Marion Parker maybe even than, than a Kelby Collins. But Kelby Collins can absolutely play. I think from a physical standpoint, he may be the most ready to jump into college ball right now. I mean, to look at the kid. 
265 pounds or so and just looks rocked up. He looks ready to go from a physical standpoint and has really matured as an interior pass rusher and, and block occupier uh, on the defensive front. So I, I'm a big fan of this kid. I think he's more valuable than some of the other names that maybe get some uh, notoriety in the state. Um, and you look at his top five, and I think it reflects some of that. This is a major recruiting battle in the state of Alabama. Um, and my gosh, four of the five are out-of-state options at this point. So it will be interesting. Of course, he's been to Bama plenty of times. Curious, though, to see how those official visits look and how soon Kelby wants to get this thing done because he's been one of those that's been on radar for two and three years now. So he kind of knows where he's at with, with certain schools. And, and, of course, Alabama is among the ones he's most familiar with. You have to think that bodes well for the Tide, right, that uh, they are the only in-state program involved. I mean, I, I guess we say that as if they're like 100 in-state programs. I mean, if, if <laughs> uh, it's really Alabama and Auburn. I mean, if, if UAB were on the list, no offense to UAB, I think it might be like, what the heck's going on? Um, although we used to say that about Jackson State, right? So who knows? But I think, it does, bode, I think it does bode well. For Alabama, I want to tell everybody right now about Built Bar, John. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have our latest Arch Manning update, some new developments there. But right now, when it comes to Built Bar, you need to go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off that order. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy eating. That is usually very difficult to do. Uh, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. As I said, you want to use 15%. You want to get 15% off that order by using promo code LOCK15. Uh, you can go to built.com, get all your favorites. They, they've got like banana cream pie and raspberry double chocolate, yada, yada, yada. They've had carrot cake before. They don't have carrot cake right now, but I love the carrot cake. I hope they bring it back. Um, here's fingers crossed they bring back carrot cake flavor because that's my jam. Uh, go to built.com, promo code LOCK15, get 15% off that order. All right, let's talk a couple of quarterback notes here. Um, last week, the, all the, the rage was, hey, Arch Manning's eliminated Alabama. Uh, Eli Holstein is being crystal balled to Alabama left and right, and it just appears that's what's going to happen. And I mean, I've even heard rumors that um, the Mannings were a little uh, – did not have a great last visit to Alabama because of something that was sort of rather innocuously said about – uh, Nick Saban that gave them pause to think he will be there throughout his entire career. I feel very, very sure about this. If Arch Manning were to commit to the University of Alabama, now this is just Luke talking. Yes, it's an educated guess, or it's an uneducated guess because it's me <laughs> talking. Um, but I really firmly believe this based on everything I know. If Arch Manning were to come to the University of Alabama, Nick Saban would be there for his duration. I, I, I can't guarantee it because things happen. I believe it wholeheartedly. So I think the thing about getting Arch Manning that would be awesome is you know you have Nick Saban for at least three more years. Now, um, again, he may feel the same about all that uh, with Eli Holstein. I don't know, but I just think Arch Manning's that kind of cat. And um, so, but now this week, Arch Manning has made it clear, no Alabama's still right in the thick of this thing. And Alabama was visiting the other day. What's going on with Arch? 
Well, yeah, not, not only was Bill O'Brien on campus Monday, but uh, so was Pete Golding. So you had the positional and OC recruiter and then the regional recruiter uh, with Pete Golding, of course, who's been really good for Alabama in the state uh, of Louisiana and has a rapport with the Manning family. Look, uh, Arch confirmed what we've been saying for the long stretch, not the most recent stretch, but the long stretch. Look, it is Georgia, Alabama, Texas atop this thing. He's probably going to take official visits to all three schools. Uh, and, like, and like we've talked about on here, Luke, you know, I, I have a hard time imagining Nick Saban saying, hey, forget about him. Let's let's turn the page to Eli Holstein, which has nothing to do with Holstein's athletic profile and his recruitment in general. I think he is very high on that board for Alabama, but I just have a hard time seeing any of these schools uh, wait for, uh, you know, Arch to say no to then move on or, or to not wait for Arch to say no for, for before they truly move on and, and turn the page towards the next quarterback. Uh, and look, and Arch confirmed that this timeline is, is kind of wide open. And I think that's what makes this thing so fascinating. And as, as you look at the quarterback dominoes elsewhere, not only with Holstein, but with other quarterbacks, Dylan Lonergan, many others, uh, Arch ain't close. He's not close. He said it. He said, if I knew where I was going, I'd be done and committed. Because he certainly doesn't want to talk to us in the media like he was kind of ambushed on Monday by multiple reporters from multiple outlets. Um, and that leaves the door open for other schools, you know, unofficial visits, maybe to Florida, LSU could be in the works as well. So I do think that uh, this thing has, has plenty of time left between now and a verbal commitment. Uh, I think late summer is the absolute earliest where, where Manning will, will look to make a decision. Uh, but it looks like this thing could go into the fall, uh, which, which could make things interesting. How patient is Georgia? How patient is Alabama? in this conversation. Texas, we know, is kind of all in, right? They really don't have other clear targets at this point. Bama's got Holstein, Dylan Lonergan, Georgia's got Lonergan, a couple others, Dante Moore, that they've been high on for quite some time. Uh, and, and every other contender for Arch Manning has recruited other quarterbacks. So how long are they willing to wait? And I think with him being clear on the timeline uh, that th this thing's gonna extend a little bit further. So I think Bama's gonna wait a little bit longer to get that uh, quarterback commitment. But uh, if they end up with one of these two guys from the state of Louisiana with Holstein being the other, you're in good shape if you're Alabama. The quarterback room is strong now. There's depth behind Bryce Young, at least from a talent perspective, with Milrow and Ty Simpson. So you feel good about where you're at just in general if you're Alabama on the quarterback front. And you should. I mean, it's been a quarterback round robin. Whoever's been the guy, the last three or four starters – are all NFL guys. Uh, and that's not something that, that all these schools or really any of these other schools could say. Speaking of quarterbacks, and I know this is not locked on Buckeyes, but uh, they get a commitment from Dylan Rayola. It must Rayola, Rayola. How must, how do you say it? Yeah. Rayola. Dylan Rayola. Rayola. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of vowels in there, man. I was doing the best I could do. <laughs> um, but uh, they get a commitment from him who looks to be the best quarterback in the 2024 class. Um, how does that affect anything? If, if First of all, it is Alabama-related in the sense that Ohio State is a regular in the college football playoffs, and Alabama and Ohio State have played each other twice in these playoffs. So I feel like it goes without saying they could easily meet up again, even this year with C.J. Stroud going up against uh, Bryce Young would be very cool. But um, so, I, I mean, I, what does that do anything? Is that Does that make any dominoes fall anywhere? Yeah, I think so. You know, there's a little bit of chatter about Rayola potentially reclassifying, pulling a, a Quinn Ewers and, and going to school early. That would, of course, be after his uh, junior season this fall. So still a lot of, you know, waiting in between now and confirming that. But if that's the case, that could remove Ohio State in the running for 2023 quarterbacks. And those affect 
Alabama on the recruiting trail. We mentioned Dante Moore. Ohio State's been in that race for quite a while. But more importantly to Alabama, Eli Holstein's been linked to Ohio State just a little bit uh, as, as this thing expands. And we just talked about Arch Manning taking his time and Alabama theoretically awaiting Arch taking his time. So that could open the door for more programs to get involved with Eli Holstein. We know Florida is one of them. We know Texas A&M is trying to reel him back in as he was once a former uh, verbal commitment to Jimbo Fisher. But Ohio State has, has been recruiting Eli Holstein to a degree. So if they feel better about Rayola and, and being done with, with quarterbacks until 24 or the fact that he may reclassify, if they pull out of the Eli Holstein race, I do think that that is, is something that could help Alabama stay in it for the long haul, because if, if if Eli's impatient, let's say, and he wants to get this thing done, Ohio State could have been one of those options. So if the Riola domino knocks out anything for this 23 class, yes, it could positively impact Alabama down the line with 23 and obviously eventually 2024 recruiting as Bama looks to, to continue this uh, elite run it's been on at the position. So always worth keeping an eye on for on the field purposes, as you mentioned, but there is recruiting dominoes to where it could affect Alabama in this current class with, with Holstein. So again, they all affect one another. So it's always fascinating to track. One more segment with John Garcia. After I tell everybody about Rock Auto, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain autoport store to stock all the parts you need. They just can't do it. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like is your Honda Odyssey an LX or an EX? You don't know. You don't pretend like you know, you don't know. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. They're just slapping that computer with their fingers, not really caring. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. Look, go to rockauto.com, save time and money. You can save 30 to 50, even 100%. Look, that Honda Odyssey we talked about, a fuel pump, is $353 from the chain source, $216 from Rock Auto. That's so cool. Go to Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. All right, John, um, NIL, I mean, it's, I know it may not be your, your expertise, but it's interesting. The NCAA, which has been the, as toothless of an organization as humanly possible, um, has come out and said, okay, we're about to – we ain't screwing around no more. We're going to crack down. If you're not doing NIL the way we think you should, we're going to do this, this, and blah, blah, blah. Number one, do they really have any power? And number two, isn't it kind of BS to say, okay, it's the Wild West. Everybody do what you want to. We're throwing our hands up. And then when everybody goes, hey, wait a minute, this isn't really working. We need a, a governing body that could maybe oversee this. And shouldn't that be y'all? And they go, yep. And not only that, we're going to punish everybody for things that they've already done, which weren't really illegal until right now. I mean, there, there's a lot of problems with this, right? Yeah, that last part in particular. I mean, going retroactively into these relationships and recruiting, really transfer portal recruitments uh, and looking into it, I think is going to be really rough because there were certainly some gray areas that were livable two, three days ago versus today, where, where now all of a sudden that that is an issue. So uh, I do think that that's a bit, you know, of classic NCAA overcorrecting, uh, as we always see uh, with that uh, governing body. But I think the front end of what you said, it makes a lot of sense too. You know, this is something that the NCAA took a step back on less than a year ago, Luke. I mean, 10 months ago was when 
NIL began, you know, July 1st of, of 2021. And 10 months later, they're like, holy crap, we messed up. We, we got to go in there and, and overcorrect. So anytime you do something so drastic one way and then reverse it to go back the other way, beyond it being hypocritical, it certainly creates a lot of, of guidelines that are, are almost built to be broken. But even if you prove that, hey, uh, school X was operating illegally how are you how are you going to prove that you know with documents how are you going to show that yes these groups these boosters that that they are now being called these nil collectives were contacting recruits before the coaches were uh, there's really no way to look into that and, and lock in those those conversations because again until this point it was not illegal for them to have communication um, so now they're trying to separate the coaches from the collectives, which are now called boosters, and trying to, to navigate the communication between all three parties. And that's just something that has always, always been hard to do. Um, and I, I don't see how that is any different in this day and age, Luke. So I, I don't really see a whole lot changing because of, of these changes that we've seen uh, from, from the NCAA standpoint. Compliance was already involved in NIL. They'll remain involved in NIL and, and as usual, the good programs will operate in the gray areas because recruiting has been associated with that from day one. It's just had different names and different formats. And I think that will continue, particularly in the transfer portal, a little bit more watered down with high school and junior college recruiting, but in the portal itself, these guys know what's on the other side when they jump into the portal, at least on the front end and on the high end. The Jordan Addisons of the world will certainly be aware of, of what's out there. I see the biggest problem going forward is going to be getting all the schools to agree to a set of rules anymore. Because I think if you're Texas A&M, you, you go, look, we're, we're the hungriest fan base in the country, arguably. We have yeah. as many resources as anybody in the country, maybe more, and we have very little to show for it. And our fans want some success. They're dying for it. I mean, they, there's no Final Fours. I don't know if they've been to an Elite Eight. There's no college football play. There's no SEC championship since 2012, uh, since they got in the league. I don't even know when the last Big 12 championship they had was. They're probably most uh, famous for losing 77 to nothing to Oklahoma, uh, you know, in the last 20 years. So I think you're going to have them say, hey, look, we can do a lot of this stuff that was that was legal in this in these few months since Congress basically told y'all to shut it down, uh, or the Supreme Court did. Um, so why should we care if Purdue can't catch up? Why should we care if Oregon State can't uh, play in our sandbox when it comes to football? Why do we care about that? And see, you have to have everybody buy in. The NCAA screwed this up decades ago when they could have said, okay, here's the deal. We First of all, we need to acknowledge that Alabama, Ohio State, and USC cannot play by the same rules as, uh, I don't know, Utah State, Rutgers. You know, this is Rutgers, independent Rutgers from way back when. And, you know, South Florida. They just can't play by the same rules because it's not – it's apples and oranges. Um, and now we, what we're going to do is we're going to have to cull some of these things, and then we're going to have to get all these remaining teams to say, okay – we're all going to abide by this set of rules. And if we think something's illegal going on, people are going to have to give up some rights. Like uh, I know when it came to the, the Cam Newton thing a long time ago, one of the things, uh, you know, the NCAA couldn't look into as much as they wanted to look into because everybody just said, you can't, I'm not showing you that. Yeah, you don't have no right to see that from me. And the NCAA should have had some rules in place that go, 
if you don't cooperate, we can assume guilt, which is a dangerous path to go down, but to some degree, there are people smarter than me that should have come up with this. And so now we've just got, we have gone from the rules are tight and completely unfair and unblack balanced to there absolutely no rules at all. And now we're going to try and dial it back down. It just, it's going to be difficult, man. Exactly. And, and I think that's where the NCAA has been overwhelmed for, for quite some time, Luke. And and look, and you, you go back to, to Cam Newton and all that. If, if it would have gotten worse, the feds would have gotten involved anyway, right? Yeah. So when it gets to a certain point, the NCAA already kind of hands it off uh, to, to those who have more resources on their end to, to actually dig into it. So I do think that's still going to be in play. Um, but they, they seem less prepared uh, to handle any kind of transition from NIL as they try to establish a redirect from what they did 10 months ago. So, yeah, I'm with you. There's, there's really no way to put all these schools in one box. And that's why a lot of people feel like this is just one step closer to this super conference that we've been hearing about for quite some time and just throwing amateurism out the door. And, and in some cases, the educational element of all this out the door and just recognizing it for what it is. I mean, some people will tell you, look, this it's already the minor leagues of the NFL. When, when Alabama plays Georgia, this is an NFL showcase as much as it is the pageantry of the SEC in Atlanta and all that fun stuff. And then for the title game, this is really about, I mean, just watch, did you watch the draft a couple of weeks ago? It was about that. It was about that. So I really don't see how this helps that conversation, which the NCAA is obviously the bigger issue than cheating or the gray areas in recruiting at, at the high school or, or portal era or era. It is about maintaining what you've got now with the NCAA, which most people recognize is something that they have overstayed, you know, from a governing perspective. And if this is one step closer to that changing, that's what should worry the NCAA more than uh, a couple extra dollars in somebody's pocket. You know, and, and I know you've got to run, but I've always thought this. I don't know why they can't just say, okay, college is to prepare you for your your path, your career going forward. And I, I certainly see the value in taking English and creative writing and blah. You know, I see, I see the value. But if I'm a, if I am Will Anderson, you know what I see the value in? Tell me how, let me take classes on press conferences. Let me take uh, classes on financial management. And also let me take as many coaching classes or football strategy classes I can mix in there. Let me take those classes. I don't need to take any more math unless it's adding up my dollar dollar bills, y'all. That's (laughs) that's all I need to take. Um, And if college truly is about preparing you for your future career, then I think that's what it should be. Jabari Smith at Auburn, J.D. Davison at Alabama. These two guys, uh, they didn't even spend a year at school. But you're going to tell me that 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 they got anything? They got anything from that? And then uh, here's the other thing: they could, to my in my opinion, they can come back and graduate anytime they want to to either one of those universities. And um, see, I feel like it, it would have behooved Jabari or J.D to take classes on um, public speaking, take classes on, you know, anything that involves what they're literally going to be doing. If, if mm-hmm. I'm Jabari Smith, I say, I don't need to take English, you know, 106 or whatever. I don't even remember college designation anymore, but I don't, <laughs> I don't need to take history. 
I need to take stuff that helps me because see, I'm not going to be here very long. And I want to take everything out of this university that I can while I'm here making y'all money. I want to take what I can out of it that helps me in the future. And I think those are selling points people are missing. They always make it sound like, oh, you, you know, you should just be yearning for learning. No, <laughs> because if, if they didn't have to go to school, J.D. Davidson and Jabari Smith wouldn't be in school. They have to go. Right, right. And there's not a whole lot of avenues elsewhere, especially when you get outside of basketball. It gets even you know, smaller. It really ha- it is college or nothing uh, on the football front. Uh, so, yeah, that is something that people need to look inward for. You know, what what do you believe college is for? Uh, a curriculum is a curriculum, right? It's, it's like a standardized test. Like, okay, it fits some people. It doesn't fit a whole lot of people uh, on that same front. Uh, but yeah, what, what are you truly looking for at the next level? Uh, and I think, you know, that question is is up for debate. And, and it's something we should reassess, right? It, it's Any good business, it has a self-awareness, right? And let's not pretend colleges aren't businesses. It, it is always about reassessing and adjusting to the status quo. We've seen Nick Saban do it on the field, and it has helped him be the most dominant a coach in, in the history of the game and certainly the, the current history of the game, you have to adjust your business strategy always. Uh, so why won't colleges do, do the same thing? That's it's a great question, but it starts oftentimes with the adults, not so much the kids. And, and you certainly can't blame the kids for taking any kind of advantages they can get in the meantime, while they do have to go through some of the trivial stuff that we just talked about. John, you're the best, buddy. Thanks for staying over with me a little bit longer and uh, can't wait to have you on again next week. And until then, roll tide, buddy. Always a pleasure, Luke.